Welcome to the iRacers download on the Speedsport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Hi, my name is Justin Prince. Alongside me is Taylor Burris with our producer, Wayne Owens. And today, Taylor, we have a special guest with us for Operation Motorsport. Once more, it's Jason Leach who will be joining us today, Taylor. It certainly is. And Jason is a part of a wonderful organization that benefits those of our servicemen and women in both the United States and Canada, those who are serving as well as our veterans. And not only does he involve himself in the real world of Operation Motorsports, but also a little bit of the virtual world. And we have with us now Jason Leach. Jason, welcome to the iRacers Download. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you. And uh, thanks for having me on today. Of course. Now, Jason, for some of those who have never heard about Operation Motorsports, could you delve a little bit deeper into what this organization is all about? Absolutely. So uh, in 2017, uh, Operation, Mos- Operation Motorsport was founded by Diesel Lauder and his wife, Tiffany. Uh, Diesel is a retired Canadian uh, Army uh, Sergeant Major after 30-plus uh, years of service. You know, when he got out of the uh, military up there in Canada, he he struggled a little bit to kind of find his next path and, and his way ahead, like so many veterans do once they leave the service. Uh, about that time, he was introduced to an organization called Mission Motorsport, which is over in the UK. And the premise behind Mission Motorsport is to engage uh, injured service members and those affected by their service and helping them find opportunities in the automotive and, and racing world primarily from a job placement perspective. Um, And what's really cool though, in November, uh, our Veterans Day weekend, their Remembrance Day weekend, they host a uh, race at Anglesey Racing Circuit in Wales. And it's a 12 hour endurance race that pauses and and really red flags on Sunday morning, uh, where if you're a still serving member of the military, you're asked to don uh, your uniform, uh, if you're a veteran, you're asked to don your headgear and your medals, and they do a remembrance ceremony just to kind of just take pause and, and remember all of those service members who are no longer with us, but also remember the sacrifices of friends and family. Um, and what Diesel really found is just how impactful that was for him. And when he came back here to North America, he realized no such organization really kind of existed. So that was really what catapulted uh, Operation Motorsport into existence. Uh, and the premise of what we do with Operation Motorsport across North America, the U.S. and Canada, is we use motorsports as a way to engage uh, injured service members and veterans, those impacted by their service, and helping them rebuild a sense of purpose, team, and identity. Three tenets that every service member, uh, no matter how long they served, um, struggles with as they as they come out into the civilian world. Now, if you if you look at it from a, an injured service member, medically retired, uh, depending where you're at in your career, that could be a very daunting time. And and now the service is telling you, hey, you're no longer fit to serve, and you're going to be moved out. Uh, most people don't know how to plan for that. That could be a very much of a shock to your to the system, very much a shock to your life. And what we've seen over the years. It's just how much that can cause people to maybe go into some of those dark places that uh, we don't, you know, God forbid anybody ever goes into. So we use motorsports in the real world as a way to help engage them, help help them show that they can still be value added to a team, help that they can still, their skills are, are marketable uh, into the real world. 
the one difference between us and Mission Motorsport is our premises. We're not using motorsports as a job placement uh, environment. We're using it just to help them in their recovery and rehabilitation. It's very wonderful, and actually have seen a couple of members when going to some races such as at VIR or Sebring to see some of those members of Operation Motorsports there, and also some of those veterans working alongside the teams as well as even having a chance to drive. But not only do you focus on the real-world aspects of it, but also the virtual world as you hosted several different leagues, including one that's going on right now that's hosted by Ricaro and is on Podium Esports, the Operation E Motorsports iRacing Summer League. And it's a phenomenal series as well as tell us more about how that came about with including the virtual racing. Yeah, absolutely. So much like the real world racing, uh, you know, when COVID hit, everything shut down and, and everything came to a, a sudden halt and a pause. And, you know, you saw NASCAR, you saw SRO, you saw some other organizations uh, try to find a way to still engage their fan base. Well, we look at it as we need to be doing the same thing, but engaging our veteran base or our beneficiary base, because these guys and these gals, you know, they're, they're everyone was stuck at home. And again, uh, from a physical or, or mental health perspective, that could be one of the worst things that could, that could happen to somebody when they're isolated. So we decided to start an iRacing league. Um, we ran a, a couple races just to get, kind of get a sense and a feel on what the engagement level would be. And it's just been phenomenal. Um, it, we had enough impact and thankful for the partnership with Recaro because they were able to help sponsor our, our, our well, sponsored every season we've had so far, specifically for our beneficiaries. But it just, we've seen so much growth and so much additional outreach in the virtual world that we were not getting in the uh, in the real world from a, a veteran advocacy perspective. So uh, we're in our third season right now. Uh, we get together on Tuesday nights, uh, usually starting about seven o'clock Eastern time with some practice, a little bit of qualifying, and then uh, uh, right now this season like a thirty minute race. And we're using all the same race tracks that we see IMSA and SRO use. Everything is from a road racing perspective. We're trying to give people a, a little bit of a taste of what the road racing world is like. Um, and it's just, it's just been a great thing. You know, I, I could tell you, we've got one uh, veteran participating right now. Um, you know, Operation Motorsport can't take credit for this. This is more of an iRacing credit. Um, but the guy is probably still alive today because of iRacing. He discovered it during COVID. He decided to give it a try. And it just, it made him get out of the funk uh, that he was in to where, he started going to the gym again. He started eating healthy. He, he started rebuilding the relationship he had with his family. And it's, it's just been such a positive impact. And it's it's things like that that people, I don't think, realize that the virtual racing world um, can have uh, on somebody. Or it's more than just, you know, getting together and just, you know, trying to be as fast as you can in, in a racetrack, in, the, in a simulator. It's For us, it's the camaraderie. It's the like-minded uh, like type people, all with some some sort of shared experience, whether you served two years in the military or in my case, 28 years in the military, we all have some sort of shared experience that, you know, gives us that common bond that we can get together and hang out. It certainly is. And watching some of these races that have happened so far, you're already completed three rounds so far. A lot of great diversity with the drivers because you not only allow, you know, servicemen 
and women also in the series as well as but also beneficiaries and even a couple of just full-on sim racers into the series so how did that help integrate where some of these pro drivers in your series help out with those who are maybe coming to terms with learning about sim racing well what we like to do it's a it, we're kind of well, it's 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 train the trainer type thing at least what we used to call the military where you know when you're kind of brand new to a topic or brand new to an environment you had to lean on those people who had been there before you and kind of help show you what right looked like and that's where having the pro drivers or pro rated drivers will say um come in and be a part of our series and our expectation with them is to help give back you know and help help the rookies if you will be uh more confident uh and and faster in, in the sim world because uh you know everybody wants to have fun uh but it's also you know we want that learning experience and that that those goals to be getting uh to get better at whatever they, their craft might be and and everybody that's in our series they have some sort of tie into the veteran community, whether they, you know, whether they're still serving or they're a, they they are a veteran. We have uh, we have people from Air Force Gaming, uh, and if you if your audience is not familiar with them, this is a group within the United States Air Force that they they focus in the uh, in the gaming world to engage not only their service members but also they use it as a recruiting tool. Uh, we've got one active duty Air Force officer uh, who just recently made his professional racing debut. Uh, at VIR. Um, so even though they're prorated inside of the series, there's some sort of veteran tie or they're partners with us from the real world racing team. So they're, they're IMSA licensed or SRO licensed road racing drivers. As a matter of fact, speaking of that driver who, of course, who we're talking about, who made his IMSA debut or his SRO debut, actually, if I want to touch briefly on him as well, because that's actually going to be Chris Walsh, but not only that, he's also an Olympic U.S. Olympic bobsledder. So that's also something as well. So add in Olympics, Air Force, military personnel as well, along with you know a racer, race car driver. That's phenomenal attributes for this gentleman, Mr. Chris Walsh. Absolutely, and and, and probably more important to me than and those are all great accolades. Uh, he's also one of our volunteer uh, staff members on our um, within Operation Motorsport. It certainly is. Well, Jason, as we're working on this, what can we expect from the future with the e-motors, e-operation motorsports side of, you know, iRacing, your continuation with this league? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we've debated it back and forth, and, 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 for, and our challenge is a couple of things. One, how big do we want the, the series to grow? I think we have a lot of potential if we wanted to grow this into – something that that's a bit more mainstream, a bit more out there within the uh, iRacing world. Uh, I think there's possibility there. Uh, we've had some very uh, early conversations with iRacing. Um, it's been tough to kind of stay engaged on that as they've got their other series going on. Um, but then at, at the same time, it's, you know, we don't want to lose sense of, of why we're doing this and, and the reason being, you know, if I'm the, I'm the race director uh, for our iRacing league and help get things started. And I guess, at the end of the day, my goal is not to lose sight of why we started it. So what I would say is, you know, if we got to the point where we're running maybe two or three races, you know, per week, I'd welcome that. But at the same time, we'd still remain focused on the veteran uh, community, the military community. Uh, we do have some first responders uh, now working with us. But I'd also be uh, interested, though, in, in getting those, those higher level sim racers. Going back to exactly what I said a few minutes ago. 
to where we use our program and our platform for them to give back to newer iRacing sim drivers to help them get better at their craft. Um, and with all that, though, too, uh, we also are always looking for good sponsorship. Um, you know, from a sim racing perspective, I mean, I know we're missing veterans out there or military members out there that would love to be a part of iRacing, but, you know, they just, they don't have the means in order to, you know, to make it happen. They don't have a wheel or pedals or they don't have a good enough PC uh, to, to, to get out of the platform. Well, Jason, as we come to a close on this interview, a couple of things to conclude on. One, first and foremost, for those of our listeners who are of a military branch, whether here in the United States or in Canada or even around the world even, especially Absolutely. over the UK per se, where can they go to learn more about this series and sign up? So um, they can always go to our website, operationmotorsport.org. Uh, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter. Uh all the major platforms. I don't think we've made it to TikTok yet, but we keep kind of talking about it a little bit. Um, but they can also reach out directly to me. And, and my email address is jason.leach, L-E-A-C-H, at operationmotorsport.org. I'm always happy just to, to have a conversation and expose people more about who we are and what we're doing. Of course. And finally, for those who want to get involved with Operation Motorsports and the real in the actual racing world, where can people go to either volunteer or at least recommend someone who could come to Operation Motorsports to get involved? Yeah, so if they go to our website again, operationmotorsport.org, we do have a drop-down menu there for people who are interested in volunteering with the organization or if they are interested in uh, or recommending somebody from a beneficiary perspective, we have a quick chat form there that gets sent off uh, internally. And then that kicks off the conversation with a couple of our, our staff members who will reach out and, and, and learn more about the individual. Um, we're also always looking for people who just want to help sponsor or, or help with our overall program. Um, you know, just we're a privately funded organization. Uh, nobody on the staff side uh, receives any compensation uh, for their time. So, um, you know, we, we're always looking for ways to help bring people from, uh, from across the country to other tracks. We, we pride ourselves in not being uh, geographically limited. You know, if we've got somebody that's in North Carolina, like at Fort Bragg in the Fayetteville area, and we've got to take them out to Sonoma Raceway in California for a race, we're going to make that happen. And we have made that happen. But at the same time, we're always looking for, for those organizations and companies that want to get involved with a uh, qualified 501c3 uh, that's very active in the in the motorsports world, but active in the veteran advocacy world. It certainly is. Well, Jason, thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to seeing what the rest of the season is going to happen for you. That is Jason Leach as he is one of the members over at Operation Motorsports. Of course, you can catch the next round of the Operation or Operation E Motorsports event at the virtual Long Beach Circuit. That's with GT LM cars as well as GT3 spec cars. You can catch all of the action on Podium Esports Network at 8 
p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Coming up after the break, news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organized, hosts, and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scan tracks and cars to choose from, iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsport simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince alongside Taylor Burris with Wayne Owens in the producer's seat. We just finished an interview in regards to Operation Motorsport. But it's been a tough week in motorsports after the passing of Bob Jenkins on August the 9th, 2021, after a battle with cancer. Bob Jenkins was well known for his ability to call races in NASCAR and in IndyCar for several decades. He started off in the 1970s all the way through until the early 2010s. He also called various esports events as well, especially on the iRacing platform for series such as Monday Night Racing and the California Clash. It's been a emotional time, I think, Taylor, to say the very least, for many sim racing broadcasters across the community, especially those who have been able to be influenced by Bob Jenkins because he's had such an impact on many of the voices you hear across the iRacing service when it comes to announcing. I think it's safe to say, Justin, when it comes to Bob Jenkins and for all of us across the iRacing broadcasting community, we aspire to try to reach that level of professionalism, talent, and charisma when it comes to someone like Bob Jenkins, because Bob Jenkins was by far one of the greatest broadcasters of all time. And in fact, covered a time in history in the sports of NASCAR and IndyCar, where I would have to say considered the golden or pretty much the golden age, the time where everyone remembers some of the greatest battles, some of the greatest finishes of all time in those two histories of the sports. I mean, you think about the 80s and 90s where you had 1992 Indianapolis 500, one of the closest finishes of that time where Alan Sir Jr. won the Indy 500. Of course, in NASCAR where he was called some great races, you would think of the 1992 season with Alan Kowicki winning the championship or probably one of the most infamous moments, Bristol in 1995, where it was a battle between Terry Labonte and Dale Earnhardt Sr. going at it for the victory. And to see this man be able to tell stories about this series, about racing, which we all know and love and grew up with, it's phenomenal to see what he was able to accomplish and the stories that he could enthrall us in. It's incredible to say the very least, because there's a saying that's been floated around since his passing. And it's where he considered himself a race fan who got lucky. But he's been more than that. You have to think about as well, Taylor, because of his impact on the sport, not just in being in those big moments, but the influence, the energy he brought to each show, and the knowledge and the ability to make you feel like you're in a major moment each time he was involved with the sport. And don't forget... 
He was also involved in various different video games to Taylor. For some, it might have been some of their first cases of hearing him. Like, one of the first NASCAR games I honestly would say was one of those from the very early EA Sports era. This is prior to iRacing and uh, the rise of the predecessors. It's NASCAR Revolution SE, 1997-1998-ish era. We're talking Johnny Benson in the 26 car. We're talking about And one of the first things you hear is Bob Jenkins' voice. And it resonates whenever you race in those types of games in those early eras with how his voice is so memorable and makes even the virtual races feel special. It's it's something which brings a lot of emotion when you think about too, because as talked about a little bit, he also came over to that iRacing platform as well and called several races in the past year or so with the pandemic. And for those who didn't know, had the opportunity myself to be able to work with Bob Jenkins. There's thoughts where I wish I would have talked to him more after that event, I will say. But it's also a time where, as a broadcaster, you remember those moments and think, I'm forever grateful to be able to work with one of the best of the best. Take a listen to that moment. The white flag's one, two, up three. at the stand. Wow. Yes, indeed. What a drive by these cars. The question is, which driver will get to celebrate? Here comes Carlin to the outside. Lyon has that inside line protected, and if Kerwin is going to get the lead, he's going to have to do it from the outside, but he falls back behind, takes the low line now, as Lyon continues to look good. As a matter of fact, Kerwin lost a little bit about a car length in that exchange. Final quarters this time for Nathan Lyon. It's been a heck of a past couple days. Led laps up Las Vegas, and now... The crowd will roar. It's Nathan Lyon who wins the California Clash for Roush Fenway Racing. Yeah, that was the California Clash back in 2020, the second to last broadcast he did in esports competition. He had done one more for Monday Night Racing before a few months later the announcement came to play. Again, Bob Jenkins, 73. And with that, it's time to roll towards our news of the week across the iRacing service, where it's been an emotional time for many broadcasters. But for some of the drivers, Taylor, it's been a time of excitement in some cases. With the thoughts going through many people's minds, of course, with Bob Jenkins, there's many who also think of the opportunities in the future, especially with some of the new content that surprised some people this past week. It certainly is. You know, we touched on it last week. The Mount Washington Auto Hill Climb was talked about coming up for this. And here we go. We had an update on Tuesday, actually going into Wednesday. And here it is, released for all of us to enjoy. And I got to say, Justin, I had the chance to drive up this both in the real world and now in the virtual world. It's a lot more scarier in the virtual world to drive up this mountain at much higher speeds compared to putting along carefully, enjoying the sights and sounds while driving up 
the Mount Washington in the real world. And to believe that people actually do race up this mountain is phenomenal. It's crazy and it's hectic. I've seen many people bring different types of cars, Taylor, too, to experiment with different trips. Because in a lot of these types of hill climb events, you'll see various types of stock cars, various types of street cars, and so forth. Have you ever imagined a sprint car trying to climb up the hillside? A dirt sprint car? You can do it in iRacing. Have you ever thought of trying to turn a Formula V into a soapbox derby car? Well, use the downhill format, and you can try and do so by letting the philosophy or velocity and momentum of the car be able to carry you down the hillside. The possibilities are endless. It's a very fun track, and I think there's going to be a lot of intrigue in how this plays out. The one thing I will say is there's only one pit box, so you have to try things differently, of course, with the track tailor. But it's obviously such a massive, massive project where you look at it and say, wow, this is amazing to see the landscape, to see all these beautiful trees and the various elevation changes. Where do we go from here as a service? Because honestly, this opens up a lot of doors on that side of things to be able to bring similar circuits on forward. It certainly does. I mean, when you think of hill climb rallying events, of course, not only do you think of the Mount Washington hill climb, but other hill climb events such as Pikes Peak or Goodwood come to mind. And then do the fact that these are technically, a, especially for the Mount Washington hill climb as well as Pikes Peak, they're also technically a rally style stage, of course. Yes, we see cars going up the mountain, but what do we also see that utilizes this type of hill climb but rally cars? So do we possibly see the future of rally stages included in iRacing, such as famous rally stages such as, of course, Monte Carlo or the Safari Rally or one of the many other rally stages that we see in the World Rally Championship that goes across the world? So it's interesting to see iRacing introduce this style of racing to the format and to touch on some of the craziness and it kind of makes me wonder if this could be a, ever a possibility. I took the 1989 Audi GTO up the mountain, and it was fun. It was hectic. But just hearing that sputtering and the whirring of the turbo while trying to fight your way up to the top of the mountain makes me wish I wish I had the Group B Audi rally car from the 1980s as well. That would have been monstrosity and so much fun to try. So um, iRacing, could we possibly see that coming? I mean, we already have some very good historic racing cars already. Why not some historic rally cars? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, indeed. Am I right? Exactly. A big wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'd be very interested to see that as well. Like I said, it opens up a lot of potential for iRacing and a lot of potential circuits across the globe. It certainly does, and we look forward to seeing what comes. Of course, we later on in the next month or so, we will have the next rendition of the major season build of Season 4, which will be sometime in middle September before we see that coming to fruition. So stay tuned for more as we get ready for the next build. So a lot of anticipation behind that, but we'll touch on that at a later date. Right now, though, Justin, we do have to talk about probably the biggest and most stressful thing for some of our drivers in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series. It is the final round of the regular season heading to Michigan. And 
just in looking at the playoffs, we have more than 10 different winners in this series in the regular season. And several drivers in the official point standings who have yet to win, but are still in that top 10 in points. So stress levels are high. Motivation is high. And chaos will reign at Michigan next week. Who are some of the drivers that we could probably go over and look at to see who to watch for who has yet to win? And maybe even some drivers who already have a win but need to go for that second win to guarantee their spot into the round of 10. For those without a win, you can't talk about that without talking about Steven Wilson because when it comes to the mile and a half in particular and a lot of the ovals, he has been one of the it factors this season, in my opinion. Five top fives. Eight top tens on the campaign. He's been very consistent right from the get-go. It's just been a matter of can he find his way a couple positions on forward to be able to take home the checkered flag. When it comes, though, to the drivers with a win, and I can't believe I'm saying this, you get a new winner in there, it might be Ryan Luza who is looking on the outside. He was one of the top-scoring points drivers just a few races ago. Just a couple weeks ago, we were seeing him inside the top five at one point. He's fallen off a cliff. And now he's one of those drivers along with Bob Bryant who are tied for 14th and are in a spot where I think, Taylor, if you get involved in an incident and you see that new winner, we might be saying bye-bye loser, shockingly enough, even with his experience in the series and the speed he's shown. As we've seen, consistency is so critical. It certainly is, and if you think about this, Justin, our 2020 defending series champion, Nick Ottinger, he sits 11th overall in the point standings, but has yet collected a win this season. I say, in my opinion, yes, everyone inside that top 10 in points has been strong all season long for those who have yet to win, but when you talk about a defending series champion who has yet to win and is on the outside looking in going into Michigan— That is someone we need to talk about and look at to see, could we see some brave, some heroic, and very chaotic moves coming from the former series champion and defending series champion, especially going into the round of 10? I think you do, because it's been throughout the social media platforms, too, across iRacing, the talking point of Onager being in a must-win scenario, he's... Been close a couple times this season. He's gotten himself five top fives, or five top tens, rather, for a reason. The tough part has been Taylor, though. He's one of the drivers who has been averaging a starting position outside the top 15. And as we know, if you start outside the top 15, good luck making it to the front of the field. He's been from the start of the field to nearly in the 30s, to the start of the field, to nearly in the 30s, back and forth all season like a yo-yo. And for Nick Oniger, if he wants a realistic shot, I think you need to qualify again in the top five even, if not top ten, based on what we've seen earlier at All Club and what we've seen all season. And that's the main concern, I think, again, is can Nick find that extra speed in qualifying to get himself up there? It certainly is. We'll have to wait and see what happens. And of course, for my driver who has a win, who's going to need that second win to guarantee him a spot, it's none other than a fan favorite across the iRacing community, but Ray Alfala. I mean, he sits 24th in the points. He has that win at Charlotte, which was a phenomenal win and great battle. But it seems like ever since that win, 
He's had a couple of good finishes here and there with some other top five finishes. But after that, it seems like he's still falling off the face of the earth with these battles and not really running up towards the front of the field like he needs to. And with him sitting 24th in the points, it's not only a matter of if he's going to make the playoffs, but is he even going to be back next season guaranteeing him a spot in the top 20 for the next season of the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series? He's had good short run pace, Taylor. That's helped him a lot for his good finishes with some of the carnage in a couple of the rounds. The main thing I've noticed, though, is especially with the increase with road courses, that's hurt him a lot. Ray Alfau has not been the greatest of drivers when it comes to road course racing. Ran in the 20s at Watkins Glen. Had an adventure and a half at Coda and Road America. And guess what? When you're trying to find your way out of the wilderness, sometimes you get trapped in that circumstance when it comes to a championship fight. In our words, for Alfau to have a shot, he needs a lot of things to happen. Straight up. And I don't know if those lot of things are going to happen unless a lot of crazy things happen similar to what we've seen in the past at Michigan. So I'm not quite sure that Ofawa is going to be able to get himself towards the top 20 for the playoffs. That in mind, for the top 20 itself, I think there's still a decent shot for him to reel in those positions, but it's going to take a lot of work, especially trying to find some good qualifying that we've seen in a couple cases, just a couple and to be able to claw his way towards the front for the closing stages on a more consistent basis. Don't forget, Chris Sherburn's also going to be likely in that same circumstance too, Taylor, since he's fallen off a cliff performance-wise too to 21st in points with that win. And he's told me in a couple cases, it's not been the look he's been wanting to have. And when you don't perform... Things slip by quickly, and for drivers like Sherburn and Ofala, they've slipped by quickly. They certainly have, Justin, and of course, you can catch all these great storylines, all this drama building up to this final event of the regular season. Round 14 will be on Tuesday, August 17th, starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with the pre-race show. Of course, you can catch Amy along with Brandon Cattell, Chris Overland and Michael Gariglia going at it for their final run of the regular season before we head into the playoffs. And, of course, you can catch Justin Prince on pit road along with Evan Fasoko and Tim Terry up in the booth calling all the action for this round at 9 p.m. on all of iRacing along with NASCAR's streaming platforms for this final race. Well, Justin... It is already time to wrap up another episode of the iRacers download. So... For Jason Leach of Operation Motorsports, for our producer here, Wayne Owens, and my co-host, Justin Prince, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.